Welcome to The Pipeline. I'm Piper. I'm here to break it down for you in the following ways. News, pop culture, expect a little politics, and the general comings and goings of our planet. A quick shout out to my sponsors, Fades by Fox, best fades in the game. Go check him out and make your appointment today through his Instagram at the Trill Messiah and at 408 Farms, also on Instagram. These people are fine cannabis cultivators and canna products. Send my Cali fam a message on Instagram at 408 Farms with the coupon code Pipe Did It Again, and you'll receive an extra canna product made with love just for you. from a pipeline with Cullen. Hey, how you doing? My uh, co-host editor helps me out a lot. So today we're hitting um, some pretty controversial topics. We're hitting small churches, uh, mega churches, and cults of today. But we're focusing on the South. And Definitely, the, yeah. yes, with an emphasis on the I South. I mean, it's a study of Dallas. A lot of this stories take place in the Dallas Fort, you know, in the DFW. Yes, so um, I actually come from a super religious family. I'm the granddaughter of a preacher. I was the first person baptized in my uh, in the church, and I was at church almost every day. You know, um, just what kind of church was it? It was Southern Baptist Church. It was. That's I'm saying like feel like what it looked like. Like what kind like. It's just like white with a steeple, you know. It's like, this, a, like a little church, like it was a like a white southern church, in, you know, because out in the parts of Texas, that's almost how um, society um, develops on itself. They establish a church, and then the people go to the church. It's like a town center, yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah, the yeah, people yeah. go to the church, and then the stuff starts popping up around the church. That's how it's happened. Yeah. So, you but, know what I'm but it was saying? like a little, like little country church. Yeah, and my grandfather was a preacher, and there was the whole um, Southern Baptist politics and whatnot. Um, there was actually a time um, when a girl did, uh, um, she uh, <laughs> accused a man of touching her inappropriately. Oh. And as a young girl, that kind of hit me weird, and I didn't know how to feel about it. And yeah. um, I know that her family never came back because the whole church pretty much shunned them, which is usually the behavior after someone comes forward like this. Yeah, they don't like, yeah. But um, in churches, in small southern churches, um, I believe that Especially the... Especially small uh, Baptist. The, the, um, the culture of fellowship, I honestly believe, grooms a victim. Because these, you come into a church and you have smiling faces, people approaching you, people they grabbing you, you people, by the and hand. They, and they, they, they do a whole thing where they like they hope if you've never been accepted. They always have people doing testimonials like I've never been accepted before. I was a they I was touch a pro- you physically. I, yeah like I I used to do this. I used to have these problems. I was a bad person, but I was accepted here. So yeah, their whole game is they urge you to them. be vulnerable because and then their their whole logic behind it is if you're gonna be vulnerable with anybody, why wouldn't you be vulnerable with God? So it's almost like the, uh, the culture of, of the, fellowshipping yeah. grooms people to be victims. And then on the flip side of that, the predatorial people that 
go into a church see it as an opportunity yeah they see these younger people they see these naive people they see these people that have been told the same thing over and over again learn to trust and the thing about uh, southern baptist churches so like okay we all know how maybe not we all don't but a lot of folks know how the uh catholic church like with uh spotlight the whole boston globe came out and did a whole thing about how the catholic church in america was doing all this those dudes gotta go to college right and southern baptist stuff all you have to do is proclaim that you're a man of God. And then have enough people in your church be like, all right. And what that equates to, <laughs> honestly, what that equates to being a man of God in a Southern Baptist church is self-importance and an inflated ego uh, and a feeling of superiority and the want to have to lord over people. It's just inserting yourself and just being like, and like that can maybe look positive for a while and stuff, you know, like, oh, he's But it's he a seems, position of power. Oh, no, for sure. But I'm saying like, all right, I don't put it, like college doesn't mean everything to me. I don't think of oh you don't have a college degree or this and that, but you have to have like a, a essentially a college degree from religion if you're gonna be a Catholic preacher or something like that. Or it's just not a preacher. What's it called? Fathers. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, I, don't know. I like know the Pope. I yeah, really yeah, yeah. But um, There's but in Southern in, so, in Southern churches, you just have to be like oh, I was just here for a while. Like I, was I just here like for a while, yeah. I volunteered. I proclaimed I wanted to do this. So there's no like there's no vetting there's no background like is there and there was the clearly also no adored mm. in small uh small town churches the pastor and the pastor family is almost like a hierarchy i would sit with my family and i would feel it like we yeah, were, you were almost part of like the royalty of the church the people adore the pastor they trust this man they think they, He's they a conduit. see him as oh, a God. <laughs> just a beacon of what someone should be and they believe in him. They trust him. They trust them. They trust the people around them. Literally, it's like the belief system is that the Lord's words flow through them. So he's he's a mouthpiece for God. So, yeah, you would trust that guy. Or you would want to. <laughs> like the person who speaks for God, you hope he's a good dude. Or, like, well, in Southern Baptist, we say a good lady. But in Southern Baptism, that's not allowed. But so, um, like... Uh, the Houston Chronicle did a study where it looked at sexual article. assault. An article. Yeah, um, called the abuse. They of did faith. a study as well. Um, uh, the the article was just written about the study, but they um followed. They had all the people, uh, the pastors that had either been convicted or accused of sexual misconduct. Um, they registered. They basically made a database. Oh yeah, they made a huge registry. I they think made it's over a the database. Years. And um. These people, uh, what I found this, what I found was with these people were four uh, main characteristics. Several of the past presidents and prominent leaders of, of the, the Southern Baptist Convention were this among the ones criticized CD, by the victims who um, either are accusing them of concealing it for a long time or uh, misleading the uh, abuse complaints. Or it's not saying dick, just like he's being like, Yep, like that happened. Like we we kind of we handled it internally, but they didn't really handle it. They just kind of like made that guy go away for a couple months. And if then, that, it took it takes them yeah. months to respond because they don't want to they don't want to hurt their family, quote unquote. You know. So it. second, some wanna... registered as sex offenders were still allowed to return to the pulpit and act as preachers and be alone with people, like children. Um, I'm not. Okay, so let's do a little bit of like. So a lot of this shit, you know, nothing predatorial is good. Um, there's no age where being pre like being a victim of predator is good, but 
uh, I'm gonna say like what, like three fourths of these cases are all towards children. It's all like kids. Yeah, it's kid shit. Like these are all youth pastors, and and then the senior pastor let the youth pastors keep working with kids, or they shovel them. Oh, you can, now you're the music pastor, and you can go do that. But it's all it's all it's all kids. <laughs> or not all, but a lot of it is it's it's it's. Uh, it's so horrible to so say, like, but someone's um, just kids. But like, like uh, they have to register as sex offenders. They serve zero Sometimes. time. Allowed, they're allowed to keep preaching. And then just like a Houston, Texas preacher who sexually assaulted a teenager was just shuffled around and is now the uh, principal officer of a Houston nonprofit that works with student yeah. organization. And it's called like, like no bad touch or something. It's like something. Called, it's called like the touch of the Lord or something. Not great, but like not so. All these people, how many people do you know that are in prison? Prison. I'm talking about not county jail. I'm talking about prison because they were selling a little bit of drugs. They're doing this. all of these dudes because they got all these shining fucking. Um, character witness like and they're affiliated with religion yeah they're oh they're seen as good men of the community they're 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 pillars of the community and stuff so they like there is throughout this it's throughout this article in the houston chronicle is just people that are just molesting children once in time like multiple that's what the fourth thing i found was was but they're not but they're not they're not going to jail. They're no, they're they're, not. they're all they're all under deferred deferred judification. It's insane. So many of the victims were adolescents who were molested, sent explicit photos, texts, exposed to pornography, or photographed nude, um, and um, or just raped like by youth pastors. Yeah. Some victims were as old as three years old when they were molested or raped inside a pastor's study. This shit's happening like Sunday school rooms and shit. Yeah, no, the, these children are definitely isolated and then taken advantage of in an environment that has groomed them to trust, to believe, to feel like what surrounds them is love and family, but then they're met with a horrible surprise that it's not. That's not the case at all. It's the environment that breeds, uh, that breeds predatory behavior. It's not looking out for them, it's looking out for the people on top. Like a 14-year-old victim in uh, Sanger was, uh, Sanger, Texas, was molested in a choir room. And it took the church months to deal with the church volunteer that molested the girl who slit her wrists the next day. And then 14 years later, excuse me, died of a drug overdose because she was never the same. Yeah, and dude also is, by the way, in case you're curious what that guy's up to, still behind the pulpit. Uh, his name is Dale Dicky A M Y X. I don't say that. Uh, he's he did that shit, and he he's still he's still giving sermons. Not every he's not the main pastor at a at a church, but like he still does it. Like he's still he's still there. You know what I'm saying? There was no consequences for him. She he molested her, but seeing she was like what like twelve to seventeen. He gave her a baby when she was seventeen. Told her she needed to get an abortion, all this horrible shit, and yeah, and then and they preyed on her. She couldn't say who the kid, the kid's father was. It was a horrible thing for her. She couldn't, she didn't like, she didn't, she couldn't handle it. And then, but he's still not a thing has changed for him. No, yeah, he's actually still um, upheld in the community. So a victim that was. Um, 
uh, raped by her pastor, also in Sanger, Texas, um, is stated to, she says that it ruined her teenage years and uh, the sexual abuse only not. stopped when she did have her baby. And um, the pastors urged her to get her an abortion. Oh, this could be who I was talking about. I could have got it mixed up. And then, um, so almost 24 years later, this lady's like 42. So she goes to Indianapolis because she goes to the head of the stake. You know, she goes to the Southern Baptist Convention leaders with um, a gaggle of other victims who uh, pretty much demand a reform. They demand... Um, uh, processes uh, to be put in place to prevent this and um, the uh, Southern Baptist Church or the Southern Baptist Convention oversees over 4,700 or excuse me thousand churches so we have sexual predators that are being shifted around and uh, pretty much hiding in the corners from all around the world they, like there's cases of and then in Taiwan Africa the like, um, Southern Baptist Convention leaders they thought on it in a day and then completely refused any type of reform that this woman and her gang of victims It just wouldn't work. Proposed. They said that yeah, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Like well because like there's some weird thing in Southern uh Baptist churches where it's every church is it's like the separation of like it's like state government versus federal government where they're all linked together because they're all the same type of church but they're all they govern themselves and mm -hmm. they're like oh they're well, autonomous okay yeah okay so they're like oh well we can't we because of that we can't do that and it's the new cat the dude involved uh, the new leader he's saying he's gonna try to do it he, and he's done some stuff that's involved he's not the best guy i'm not saying like so uh, what's his name? But like, it can be done though. Is all I'm trying to say. Like, it this, can it, be done. Should be done. It, yeah, this was like probably like ten years ago. This like, is nah, religion. It's, it's based on moral. Yeah, and this new guy's like, no man, we can do something. <laughs> like we can like look at people. We can make so sure. So after that... the uh, Southern Baptist Convention leaders were like, not gonna do it. Nope, no room in the budget. I got about five jets. Can't do it. Mm. Um, in that decade since. There's been over 250 people who have come forward um, with uh, stories about being raped or assaulted or molested in this way. And it's just like... A lot of youth pastors. It's it, a lot of... It's mostly preschool or uh, Sunday school and youth pastors. People that catch because the, like young said, people who are going to be confused. And like what I said earlier. And because scared. There's no, um, there's no like... Um, like filter like you can just it's just like, they, like there's this case these two brothers and what is it the garland yeah 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 and garland these two brothers their dad was a preacher so they were like we're gonna be in the church it usually runs in the family yeah yeah and they are in they're per, they're both in prison for child pornography cases right now because it was in the modern day and they were sending texts and emails and stuff of fucking just horrible images to like each other and other folks and stuff but uh, the younger brother is accused of forcing a 16-year-old to perform oral sex on him in an empty Sunday school room. Like, it's just, it's a horrible... And in this Houston Chronicle study, um, and then article that they made on it, it um, most of the offenders reign from Texas. Three-fourths, I think, was So the this is a very much a Texas problem. This is very then, much our problem. And the, the three and biggest things were the Sanger, way... Bedford, and Garland, right in our little neighborhood, right around yeah. here. Like in yeah, the we get there 25 minutes. Right here. But the, um, so when the victims would come forward, 
And the pastor would fall from grace in this this beacon, this man that everybody believed in. But he wouldn't fall from grace publicly. It was a private thing. Go ahead. Oh, it, within the congregation. she The victim would be shunned, and then uh, he would fall from grace, and she would be blamed. Or she'd be coerced, or coerced if they, if into forgiving him. Sometimes he fell from grace. That's the best. Honestly, in this horrible story, if he went away, he fell from grace. But he didn't always go away. That's no. what I'm saying. Like uh, I'm saying, like some of the, honestly, like as horrible as it sounds, like best case scenario, they had to leave, which is like fuck. That's not a very good case scenario at all. No. And like, but in that best case scenario, they fell from grace and had to leave. I'm gonna say, from what this article says, like probably not have, but like a lot of the time. Majority of the time, they didn't even have to do that. They would just turn it on that girl and say, "You, you did wrong. You know, you, you, you sinned and shit." And it's just like, okay. And then there's federal and state record of over a hundred cases of pastors or uh, people who are highly affiliated with the uh, Baptist Convention leaders or the Southern Baptist Convention leaders who were able to make deals and. Uh, yeah, and just pretty much get off and continue doing what they're doing. They all cut. They're all, uh, they're all, they're all on probation. Let me put it as simple as they're all on probation. And, and, uh, so many people. It's just, sorry, read the article for yourself. It's called "Abuse of Faith" by the Houston Chronicle. Read it. It's, it's. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a bitch read. It's like, a, it's a six or seven part art thing. It's like it'll take you all night. But it's scary it's, to walk it too, because I remember so many walking of these people in. have just gotten away. They just, they just went on probation. And it came right back to church. It's For real, like, or got 180 days, if that. Uh, that that's 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 they really got them in. So many people are just on probation. But the thing is, is what's so scary is, as a small small child, I remember walking into church and having all these smiling faces, um, looking down on me, and people being interested in me, and people wanting to grab my hand and be on my shoulder, and stuff like that. And like I remember feeling safe and trusting and be- like. They trick you into believing, you know, that you are safe and you are loved. But you are truly just, like, I was in danger. You're in danger. You are, the culture is grooming you for the predators that see it, the culture for what it is. Whether that's on purpose or not, and I, I, yeah. Because, like, I don't think it's, I don't think they're trying to do that, but they make it so easy. (laughs) Like, they make it not hard. Because I went to a mega church, like, a big-ass New faith Christian, like I don't even know what the fuck they call it. They call it like the Lord's nude. I don't know. It's some bullshit. But uh, the dude that I went, the, the the mega church pastor that I went to church with, his daddy. Or I'm sorry, his his dad. <laughs> his uh, his his dad was um, the dude who's in so much as controversy is Ed Young, and then Ed Young Edwin. The, my pastor's name was Ed Young. And the the dude who's in I think it's called First Baptist Church or maybe Second Baptist Church I'm not sure the numbers. Yeah, Edwin Young of Houston, dude has covered up two different huge cases. They refused to work with the government when they were asking things. They refused to. um, They wouldn't talk about it. The the women would complain to them first, and then if the women say, "Well, we contacted the police," and the church stopped contacting them. And they would just not do anything. So his son, you know, me know nothing about that. My, my mom's not know anything about that. I think we I went actually to, went to church with you a couple times I'm with this guy. Sure you did. Like, that dude sucked. We, we go way back. <laughs> but uh, 
he like dude like his dad is all like real southern baptist like oh you know we're like dressed like that acting all like that and stuff and his dad was also a te- they're, they're both televangelists but his dad was a big televangelist right so then this, this dude in this huge mega is in F- fellowship church fc it's all there's like yeah, five there's four campuses in the in the uh north texas area and there's one in miami and uh dude is his son and like <laughs> that guy there's no sex scandals at his school or at his just school at his church or anything like that but Right around the time that his dad was facing all these like things of old uh, sexual morality and stuff, he leased private jets and stuff like for three years. He leased private jets and would go to Miami and New York and all of these places. And, and he went to what? He went to New York. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He went to Miami. Bah, bah, bah. And the thing is, is with a massive church, there's just this. Uh, there's an added component of the culture that I was the fellowship culture I was talking about with all of the people. So there's so much energy. Well, and there's so much energy, and because it's such a big church, there's such a big turnaround. It's like there's these people. Yep. There's like a lot of like, there's the church elders stay the same, and they're mm-hmm. always there. And then, but then because there's like a bucket, um, excuse me, there's like a million people that go to church across all these campuses. Is always changing. People see this is bullshit, man. And like this dude, like he's always asking for so much money. He always doing this and that. And over three years, he went to uh, he went to Miami. Four hundred sixteen days. He took one hundred fifty flights. And like, oh no no no! no. I'm sorry. He took a four hundred sixteen flights in a private jet. He chartered that many goddamn flights in a private jet. And one hundred fifty more to Miami. Guess how much it takes to go to Miami from Dallas? $42,000. Why does the pastor need to go to Miami? Well, uh, it probably has a lot to do with him buying a $1.1 million condo there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that, that makes I mean, like, a that, that would, I imagine, help him out. Yeah. And there's all these, so many mega churches and so many, all these people are just preying on people. Like, everyone, T.D. Jakes is like a lovable, he spoke at Obama's, I think it was his first inauguration. People, yep. people love T.D. Jakes. Dude, is worth $149 million. <laughs> T.D. Jakes is like, and they, there's all that shit about, you know, oh, you don't be a rich Christian, give it up, this and that. I remember my mom was on unemployment, was spending, she was tithing 10% of her government checks to the church, and then whatever cash we had too. Because the church would every say, hey, Sunday, if your money ain't oh, right, give it to the church. Yeah, and it'll, it'll get right. Get, it'll if get your money right. ain't right, give it to the church. Yeah. And it'll get right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there was there was a whole series. I mean, this is kind of off on tangent, but there was a whole series about cantaloupes where he, he's like, he didn't want to say money ever, but he would say, like, some, some cantaloupes. Get 10% of them cantaloupes. It didn't make any sense to me as a kid. I was like, oh, this dude's like a hustler later. But, and then there's so many people. Okay, so you know that dude, Joel Olstein? You you know what he looks like? Like he's like yeah. that skinny white dude. The and, poster uh, board for poster boy for this. Like like the modern day um, televangelist. Uh, yeah. yeah. So like I remember when Houston flooded, and like. Oh yeah, and he was like, Mm-mm, not yeah, they're my like, churches. can you please open the church doors? Cause like we need a place to not die. And he was like. Uh, and the mattress <laughs> stores were like, you could sleep on our beds. Yeah, like, like as people were like, oh, there's like some already some dead. But, all right, I guess we can do it uh, and stuff. Dude's worth forty million dollars, <laughs> and they, and also too, their argument was like, well, we don't want like ruffians in here messing up our church. And they're like, really? He's like, never mind, y'all. We open the doors real quick. He truly did, but it true. Like the thing is, no, I he think had the, to get shamed into it. The <laughs> like, biggest thing that separates the uh, small church from the big church is the crowd. Because when you get in a crowd, when you have that much energy around you, 
it, it, it's intensified at a concert, oh, yeah. a show, at unfortunately at a church. That's why they can make so much money because people are feeling this energy created oh, by all of them. I've seen people wave and who, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, cry and fall and yeah. just feel as though their whole life has been like leading up to this moment just because they're well, in a room too, with how, 500 people well, they also have the money then are, to make it like a concert it's like yeah a fucking, it's like a it's show, a show. It's, and lights. so and and they also they don't just play christian songs they'll find a song like okay so like oh earlier i was talking about that thing where he was like we gotta <laughs> we all gotta give us all your money <laughs> and so they play money 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 you know that song? Oh, yeah. But I think it's David Bowie. That song's huge. That song goes, everyone loves, that was great. Everyone's like, hell yeah, they play it in that song. And then, like, they would, they, would play, they would play a non-Christian traditional song, and then they play faith music and then gospel music, and they go back to, like, a pop song that could be, like, kind of tied into Christianity a little bit. And, like, but they had, like... Because they, they have set, to get that young they demographic, the fucking, they that young family. They fucking Coachella. It was a goddamn huge stage and light show, like a real, like, a, a festival or something. They could, they, that was their whole thing. They, because they at some point, people. you're selling something. No matter if it starts with ideology... In a room with a few people, at that level, you're selling ideology. Or like what mass baptisms and just mass yeah. worship ses sessions. It's like a Woodstock effect on I people. I mean, it's like the old school like tent revivals and shit. It's, it's entertainment. It's a sh it's show and religion. It, it's religion all in the in the opinion of my religion is an individual thing. A small town church is wrong because you get like a, a community. You get a small community that eventually tears itself apart. Um, and then with a large church, you get a massive community where you can never go wrong because it's almost like swiping left on Tinder. You uh, can yeah. meet a new person at church every minute. You're, fuck, you're and there. And that's what they set up for. Like at that big ass church I used but to go to, they'd have people walking around that was to meet deity, people and talk yeah, about it. Yeah, like your relationship with a deity, if you choose to recognize a deity, should be an intrapersonal individual situation it should not be a congregation uh, you because know what? you find the answers to your questions that you're seeking in your life within yourself with it with reflection with asking yourself asking the universe these hard questions i'm not gonna say personally me you know what maybe it's easier for you because there is a thing it's a fact it's that's the reason why raids are popular and shit. It's easier to like feel a certain Different way. environment. But it's in, it's in, to feel to feel around all these people is a thing. I'm not saying you ha it has to be such. A rave is a party where illicit drugs are taken, and I'd be taking part in them, and I'm into it. But this is worship and no, no, a rave. No, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. Just like the reason there's nothing bad about Buddhism is because it's an individual thing. Okay. Yes, what it is. They all like sit in a group and are homeless together, but they're they look internally to find the answers, to find nirvana, to find the enlightenment. That's why that's why like that's why religion is corrupt no on each side of the spectrum of small town churches and big churches because it doesn't have to do with the congregation and this man this white man who I don't know Shit. his background I don't know his I mean I'm not I'm not gonna say what what gives him authority to tell me how to live my life in any way was his opinion I gotta apply it to my life he doesn't know me yeah there's like uh, like <laughs> religion should be between you and your deity Agree. Right and on. that's where growth happens internally
Agree. Isn't that what we're going for? I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of people are going for. Right on. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay, I mean, okay. I think I think you can also like, you know, you gotta talk about stuff too. Because if you just have opinions that are just in your head and you're like, oh, me and God talk all the time, and I know what the fuck he's saying, you gotta talk to other people and make sure it's it's evened out. But let's you just say we're so, people, yeah, yes. yeah, we're talking about uh, people that own shit. Like, there's a dude named Creefo Dollar. Dude's not named that. His mama didn't name him that. He and he's not a rapper. And he changed his last name to Dollar. And then he's he's a he's a preacher and dude he owns two Rolls Royces, a private jet, a million dollar home in Atlanta, a two point five million dollar uh home in New Jersey, another two point five dollar home in, in Manhattan, but he went ahead and flipped that for three point five million. All good on him. His charge is rated an F by the financial transparency by the organization and ministry watch. Didn't know that was I'm so sorry. Didn't know that was a thing. It sounds like but, the Concerned Scientist Union. You know they ain't getting paid for doing the right Yeah, thing. they're just like, hey, man, what the fuck you doing? Why you got so many nice cars? <laughs> and, like, he, if you, he's also on TV. He's, you can watch him on Sunday morning. Same thing with all the – I'm going to say, like, both of the dudes. I said both the Youngs, uh, T.D. Jakes, all these dudes. You can see them on Sunday morning on a, on a TV show. And they're and they're all just asking for money, <laughs> like, or selling a book, or selling some discs. Oh, usually because bo- at some usually point, both. <laughs> because it, to be successful, you want to grow. You gotta grow, 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 expand, expand, expand. But in the business of religion, that's what that means. S- writing or paying someone to write a book for you, having some seeds. Fucking write it yourself. Fucking whatever. Don't uh, matter. But charge a goddamn book, dude. My dude, uh, the, the dude I used to go to church at, Ed Young Jr., who is like. <sighs> He he got damn he got a private jet. <laughs> he's got Rolls Royce. He's got uh, just I saw him in a Maserati. I've seen him in a, a Rolls uh, not a Rolls. I keep saying that Range or a Land Rover, Range Rover. Range Rover. But they're both same. They're both cars. They're similar. Same family. I don't know. Okay. Dude's got cars. His sixteen year old kid was driving a Range Rover, and he's got a shitload of kids because that's how they do it in in there. But um, uh, he was. They had a bookshop. Where people were very heavily encouraged to go, go buy buy a coffee, which was Starbucks priced, <laughs> and then also grab you oh some God, books and DVDs. Oh my God, that coffee shop that we live right next to that we just have zero access to on Sundays because of the church next door to it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, that bothers you. That yeah, that. the because nobody else has that peanut butter, the cold peanut butter, creamy thing. It's so good, but not on Sundays. Yeah, that's when churchgoers. Oh God, I hate them. They just walk over and they have their almighty coffee. Yeah. But yeah so, oh and also God. Sunday, what day do you need coffee more? <laughs> man, yeah, man, just give me my coffee. Why do I gotta recognize your God and go to? I'm gonna walk through your church just to go to the. Mm. I'll pay the money. <laughs> like, I'll pay the money. Yeah, I'm not gonna steal uh, it. Yeah, well, I'm saying like, I'll pay the money every other day of the week. I go and get a, a fucking coffee. It's all right. But like now, Sundays, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, no, like uh, especially in the south, man. Deep roots, deep roots. Shit goes everywhere. Because everything is so clandestine here. It's uh the um like the clan, the uh the, the clergyman, the um Adventist movement. Which um, the one thing you're about? You're is about. what Southern Baptist Church, uh, denom- the Southern Baptist denomination came from, which is the biggest, which Protestant. was created by a man, yeah, last name Miller. He predicted that he predicted that Jesus would come back. Jesus never came back. That's a big problem. So people, then, when, when he didn't come back, people were mad. But on the night that he was supposed to come back, a shooting star happened. 
So I thought he was coming. Or just like fucking anything happened happens all the time. Just like what? Okay, y'all remember like what was it, like 2012, where like uh, oh yeah we get that yeah the world was supposed to yeah 2012 was a big deal. There was like fucking I, I remember driving on the goddamn highway and there being billboards being like the world is like get right, <laughs> the get world's right. about the world's about to end, and then that took a hold of this one South American like small sect. I, you could call them a cult more than a ch- they're not. A it was a small cult. It was a 12 person cult. Yeah. But they went ahead and just, they just killed a baby about it. <laughs> so this, um, this woman, Natalia Guerrera, she was intimate with the, what did he call himself? Well, he was the second coming in his mind, but his real name is like eight names long. <laughs> Dude's name is long. Um, something Luz, which means like the person of light, like Antonio of light. Where is I? Let me see. If I find it, I'll say it. But this cult, um, he ordered... His name was Ramen, uh, Raymond Gustavo Castillo, G-O-A-E-T, Goat, 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 I don't know. Yep, 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 yep. And so this cult, which, um, d- the name hasn't really surfaced for it, but they were notorious for, um, taking the drug... Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, which is pretty much, I would say, a potion, super drug. It's got D- DMT is an active thing. If you fuck with Joe Rogan, DMT is super trendy these days. DMT, that's what the, that's the. It's when an you, antidepressant with mixed mm, with uh, hallucinogenic. When you die and you see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's the DMT in your brain getting released. DMT is a super fucking. It's it's really in the zeitgeist right now, but it's also a ancient potion in Peru that they used to drink with like roots the leader called himself Antares de la Luz which uh, was Antares from the light right on but so they used to take this 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 super ayahuasca high. made it's from... like a 14 hour long high you're like throwing up you, you think you see the light guy it's like super you believe you uh, meet celestial beings you believe that fractals. you are a part a bigger part of the universe it's just a super drug like Looking forward to when I can take this one. There's probably, like, it's it's got therapeutic things, just like, uh, I mean, like, I'm not saying it's useless, but you can't be on that and then also be like, oh, we gotta save the world and shit. Like, you can't be in a cult that take, you can't, if you're in an ayahuasca cult, that's an issue. If you're in a DMT cult, that's an issue. Just like anything, just like how acid's not that bad, but in the 70s and shit, there was acid cults, and they're like, oh, no, that is bad. But, like... They just fucked around into so so the, the you know they were trying to save the world. It would give them deep insight. It would um, give them spiritual revelations regarding super their purpose. Spiritual, super, super spiritual. But obviously, like with acid, like you take it one off, you're okay. Your brain's not uh, oh, jelly yeah. or something. It's, but so these people would take it, it constantly. It's not like smoking or drinking or something. Well, even not even drinking, just smoking or something. Like, Anytime you're on like this, this is a super mind-altering drug. You Pe- can't just live off it. You people can't just who be use it on a regular basis um, experience prolonged um, periods of extreme distress. So it look like schizophrenia. So you're up and you're down and you're euphoric and then you're depressed and you're you feel as though you're not within yourself anymore. So um, Natalia Guerrero has this baby and is instructed to kill the baby by the cult leader because... It's, her, it's his baby too, though. It's it is baby. his baby um, because she is the baby, is the Antichrist, he says. Yeah, oh, and he's Christ, by the way. Yes, so a month before the projected <laughs> end of the world in uh, 2012 in November, a small group of the cult gathered in a secret ritual house in uh in chile where uh the newborn baby was stripped gagged and then uh, tied to a board and burned alive 
uh, as the uh, cult members called for the spirits to surround the fire and protect them and uh, take this, e to, I guess, cleanse them of this evil. Let's save the world. So then in April 2013, when the world didn't end, oh, geez, uh, four people were arrested for this uh, infocide. Um, she, Natalia Guerrera, uh, um, she uh, manages to escape, and she escapes for two she, years. She, like, posts bail and shit, and then jumps bail. The um, cult leader was also, uh, he manages to escape, but he only escapes for one month. And um, oh, as he is cornered in um, another part of Chile, he commits suicide uh, when he's cornered by the Chilean FBI. So crazy. she lived with a partner, and I believe they sell, sold drugs for their main income. And, and uh, they, like they started, put, the local Chilean police started, uh, why they didn't leave Chile, I'm unsure. I feel like my first move also, after that would be leave the country. Oh, girl, this is South having, America. She also didn't stop having cold meetings. She did, she would, the, at, when they Once were surveillancing week, her um, four to five people would come in there. apartment because they believed that uh, her partner was a drug dealer. Uh, they recognized that she would have small group meetings two to three times a week carrying on the cult. This also wasn't an apartment, y'all. This was like, uh, like man, y'all should see the pictures. The house was nice. Oh, <laughs> like, it was? I didn't see, I thought it was an apartment. I no, guess I, in my head I envisioned like no, an apartment. No, 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 no. It was like, the curtains and it was, stuff. I would say it was an estate more than a house. Like It was like, it was lovely. So, and then, um, as always with um, cults, they're always made up of the most intelligent people. This cult was made up of business professionals, a veterinarian, um, a filmmaker, you know, just the, uh, just rando people. People that you, like, people who w weren't at rock bottom, obviously, but chose this life for whatever reason. Dude must have been charismatic. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing about cults. Same thing with the thing we were talking about earlier. And like, ayahuasca, I mean, that's a... Probably a that's, hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> and, like, yeah, they, that's the thing, man. Like, you miss a charismatic person and someone's already kind of loosey goosey, and you're like, let's get high as, uh, higher than you could ever imagine. You can see the world and stuff. Like, let me show you the world, Latin style. This is Superman drug. Yeah, and then you're like, it, oh. goes, for like, it goes for like $1,200. In America, there is cheap. That it's, drug it's goes not, so hard also, it made Miley Cyrus, like, rethink her life. For oh, real. Really? She started turning good after she did ayahuasca. Was she, did she do ayahuasca or she did DMT? It was ayahuasca because uh, she also wrote her 12-hour experience about it, and I read then it. Then it wasn't DMT. All right, all right, all right, okay. Ayahuasca is like a 14-hour experience where you like shit on yourself, and it's like super spiritual. And DMT, That's a lot what her stuff was. And DMT is a thing where you smoke it, and it's real quick. No, and, uh, I think you drink this, and she definitely drank it. Oh, she it. drank it. Then. Yes. Yeah, no, I know, because I read it. Yeah, I feel, I feel and then cool. she started being nice. She was, like, tame after. Is that when she's like, rap music's okay again? Because at first she's like, No, I she was, like, making music. out with Victoria's Secret models, and then Ayahuasca, and now she's, like... Is this before, after she was making Juicy J songs, and then being like, Before! Oh, okay, well, then afterwards she's like, rap is bad. I think it's not real music. I hate her for that. So oh, I don't like... Show, I'll never forgive her. Fair enough. I mean, that's your prerogative. I mean, Juicy J has an Oscar. Does she? No. Answer me that. No, she no. does not. <laughs> She's got a Nick Teen's Choice Award. <laughs> and Juicy Woo! J. Prestigious. <laughs> Juicy J's got a goddamn Oscar. It's hard out here to be a pimp. You know what I'm saying? Southern rap. <laughs> Southern rap is an important thing to me, in case any of the listeners were wondering. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, like, this fucking crazy-ass cult, it's just another thing, man. Like, faith... Especially, this is to me, it's just a fake. Because this happened 
all their little cult was together for a couple of years, and there was a big thing. Oh, the world's gonna end in two thousand twelve, and they goddamn killed a baby about it, and like that's it. I think it was super like it was sped up by you know. I think it's interesting. And, she can still like find a man after she's like I killed a baby. Yeah, she's I, well. Also, she okay. So I mean, excuse my sex. She doesn't look bad. She kind of no. Looks she like, doesn't. She kind of looks like uh, you ever seen uh, what's that Victoria? Um, damn. Modern Family. She looks like old girl off Modern Family. She's pretty attractive. Yeah, she really she is. doesn't look bad at all. She really is. But and then, she did go ahead and just kill her child. So you know, that's, she did do that one. That's like a little snafu there. Yeah, I'd say it's a bit. Yeah, and then it was like also like I'm on the run for fucking from 2012, five years and shit. It's rough. But like, yeah, man, that's just the thing. Like, faith can do things to you that you would never think that it would. You know what I'm saying? And especially if you're gonna. Like, add gasoline to the fire, I feel like, like if people, especially with this lady, because then when she was apprehended, she uh, blamed her actions on She blamed everybody but herself. But, she yeah, like, but... She me. Didn't do that shit. But it's almost as if, like, her vibe was that she was in her right mind. People, people want to check out of life. People want to check out of life, and they want to believe in something, and um, that's just not the case. You know, we see yeah. it time and time again with religiosity in its current state in the South, all over the world. Um, Muslims being put in internment camps in China, never heard from again right as we speak. You know what I'm saying? That's ice man. Yeah. Uh, but, like, people just want to check out. And then if your cult is also affiliated with the best drug in the world, I mean... Yeah, man, that's a big thing about cults. Like, cults are usually, like, add, like, look at Jim Jones. He was like, we add socialism, which people are with, he would help a lot of people out in the community. He'd pay their bills. Oh, sorry. He, uh, he would help, you know, communities and stuff, especially poor people of color and stuff, help them out in the community. And then he'd also be like, and also, that judgment shit, we don't fuck with it. Mm-hmm. And then also, this and then, like, they just keep adding stuff until people follow it. And because it isn't a thing that's been established for years and years and years, and like, you know, for generations, then people don't want to handle it, and they fall apart and stuff, you know, and, like... People also love a new wave faith. They flock to it. Yeah, like, cause that, that's exactly what the fuck... So, old dude that we were talking about earlier, Ed Young Sr., his dad... Dude's been doing fucking sermons since, like, 19... Like, the, the late 70s, early 80s and stuff. And then his kid came in the mix and was like, oh, but I'm doing them all cool. And then, like, we felt... Like, my family fell for it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were like, oh, it's not just... It's like, oh, it's like a new wave faith. For Southern uh, religious families, the mega church, the non-denominational concept, the music, the live band was, it made it edgy again, you know? Yeah, it made, edgy, made it accessible, it made it all types of shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It attracted young affluent white families, it did so exactly many, what So it many affluent people, so many know. cowboys, so many, pe- man, yeah. So we had this last cult to talk about, uh, Nexium. It was based out of Albany, California, not California, New, New York, York, excuse me, ran by Keith Rainier. Rainier. Uh, <laughs> born August 26, 1960. He uh, was born to um, a dance instructor and then um, a teacher who would always tell him that he was something special, S- super intelligent, He's super gifted. And then he internalized that during his pubescent years. And it, came out feeling seeing himself as almost a messiah he went to a waldorf school which is a school that is um 
It aims at raising pupils, not students, intellectuals, artists, stuff like that. But then when he went to public school, he started to, um, he really started to kind of, I guess, stretch his manipulative wings. He coerced a young girl into telling um, some details about herself that she necessarily wouldn't have said. And then he would hold it above her and he said, what does it feel like to have a little bottle of poison above your head? And which I could just tip it, which, is like a which I could just tip and I control. And he would call her and he would just be saying, little bottle, little bottle, little bottle. So this cult leader was obviously... Um, honing his skills to be a master manipulator. He even um, would say that when women would be intimate with him, they reported seeing a blue bright light because having sex with him was having sex with the Almighty. Um, being being smarter than everybody, having his air of superiority, Definitely he started. He yes, too. exactly. He started a couple um, pyramid schemes that yeah. we failed quickly because they were seen for exactly what they were. But then this he, was like the late eighties. In the eighties, yes. And then in nineteen eighty eight, he began um, a relationship with a two thirteen year old girls, one of which committed suicide after. Um, then, uh, he starts some pyramid scheme companies and he meets a nurse named Nancy Salmon, who is a Scientologist and a licensed hypnotist. And also all, hypnotist. These, all these pyramid schemes are named like money making interpersonal, like they just have so dipshit names. They're like he was, making money big time worldwide. <laughs> like they, they're not good. Rainier was fascinated with Scientology. And how to control people. Because Ron uh, Hubbard did it. Like, he, like, fucking, this dude, the Scientology leader, like, he did that shit. He figured it out. So, um, he opened up Nexium as um, a female self help group. And uh, these women would pay in to go to these 16 to 14 day seminars only to be brainwashed. Uh, by and hypnotized by Nancy uh, Salmon, and then later moved uh, to meet um, Rainier, the leader, who uh, gave himself the title Vanguard, which means uh, to gain power after you vanquish your enemy. And he also these these seminars and stuff. Some were about yoga. Some were about making self empowerment. Some were about they, they were all they they were all over the place. Some were about women to women. They were just everywhere. They weren't like he learned his lessons because he dude dude tried a bunch of pyramid schemes and then he learned his lesson. He was like, okay, it's gotta be like it's gotta it's gotta be a bigger umbrella so that it can be a pyramid. Family members of these women would say that they'd come back convinced of weird things after these self-help seminars in Alaska and then um, a lot of them if they did escape would kill themselves oh, they were starved they were um, and they extremely were exposed to obey they would were made to fight each other to obey yeah and they were starved too because like that's how he liked it like it was it was fucked up like that was like it definitely a way to like control people but he likes women like exceedingly skinny like like Ill he would skinny. yes yeah. he um, one woman was and, oh I don't know if you mentioned for this. over a year. All these women, all, a lot of these women, when they got to a certain because there was levels to it, just like a he ran a cult like a pyramid scheme. So imagine you're buying Herbalife, and then you end up in a damn sex cult. Like it, it's crazy. And uh, dude was like, uh, he would just all these crazy demands, but they would also he had all these pride. He because because he he did occur because it was also money making. It wasn't just you know he was making money and stuff. So he had all these properties all over the world. Like he wasn't some just dude in his basement. He he was and he, he made work off his sex slaves. He, oh yeah yeah who, yeah. Who yeah. um, at a certain point would be uh, in a ceremony branded with his initials. 
Um, yeah. And but like, so like they would brand like a cat branded branded. You think of called the vow, and they also took a vow of silence, and they were his sex slaves. They this was like the height. This was like the tip. Of the, like so, if you're looking at a pyramid scheme, this would be like the tippy top. Like this was like this is what you which is fucked up. This is what you strive for. They didn't. I don't feel like the people at the bottom didn't know that. That's what you strive for to get June, to. But this June in 2019, uh, he was taken down. He was found guilty of all counts against him: rape, imprisonment, sex trafficking, child abuse, uh, explicit child images, racketeering. Uh, he's facing 25 to life. He, yeah, he got like <laughs> he's he got, got that gla- that glazed uh, sociopath look in his eyes. He's also got like sleep back hair, like a, like a 90s dickhead. Like. He looks like he didn't like step out the nineties. And also too, this is an interesting thing. I don't know if you watched that show Smallville. I did yep. not. But old girl named Allison Mack. I don't know who she put on the show. Blonde girl, kind yep. of mousy little. She's she an was actress. like she was like yeah, an actress. She was like one of the main orchestrators in this shit. Because he also a part of his uh teaching women how to, you know, oh yoga, we're gonna teach you to do self empowerment. We're also teaching y'all how to be at, they, they they really try to follow the Scientology model. Cause a lot of, there's a lot of actors and actresses in Scientology. And and they, they got her because she was like a young, successful actress and they were like, Well, we'll teach you how to act and we can teach you like we can get you roots in the acting game. I do wanna close with this message, this new phenomenon that I'm seeing. Uh, that has to do with small churches, big churches, and these uh, cults um, of victim blaming. Uh, it's it's completely it's it's deplorable. It's a deplorable thing to do. It's insensitive and it's void of any compassion. The popular argument is when are these false accusers going to have their day in court or their day in trial? They do. They definitely do. Uh, right off the bat, falsifying a police report um, warrants at least six months in prison, accompanied with fines. So they do do it, but you aren't seeing this part of it because it's not sexy. It's not the like. It's it's not the interesting part. And then and then after, if a man is is if if someone is found guilty of falsely accusing the man whose reputation was ruined, he could file charges of damages of um, libel, of emotional trauma, of him and his family. Like, justice is served either way. But victim blaming is part of, is becoming part of our culture and it's so accepted. And in a country where it's legal to orally rape your wife. In certain parts. In Alabama. Yeah. We don't need to add to this toxic culture at all. Yeah, especially because there's parts all over the fucking uh, people all the time. Well, what about if you if you if a man says something and then he gets his career ruined? What, what do you a man gets his career ruined? No, the first off, no, the fuck he does not. You gotta do everything wrong to get your. You career had a ruined. hard couple months. Yeah, and it's then people too are like, well, what if does a woman? I just want to see women. What is it? The percentage of women that falsely accuse is something like under five percent, and the 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 some the percentage of men that do commit sexual assault that get away with it is above fifty. It's like one. 100 <laughs> it's so fucking high so like that's, that's nothing so it doesn't mean anything it's wrong it doesn't mean anything attitude... your your opinion is incorrect like the, the maybe the way the media frames it may because the media is run by fucking strong powerful men that's how it's run like oh who who could you know what happens if this happened no it's bad women are the fucking are frequently the victims of men always when get women, away with it when women come forward they're almost faced with an aggravated suspicion from the public and uh, this dehumanizes the woman. This lessens the crime of 
rape or molestation. This lessens her trauma. This host hostile environment pushes her into the secondary, uh, to a stage of being, uh, it's called secondary victimization, which is um, almost worse than the assault itself. Because yeah. even though they're, they're trying to hold someone ac accountable in court for sexually assaulting them, they are asked every detail, every, how they were touched, how they were, they have to relive it every day. They have to keep it fresh in their mind every moment. They've lived with it for years. Again and again and again. Well, what did you do? What happened with you? Why did you make this happen? I was like, no. And this and this attitude is indicative of the sexist opinions held by men still entertaining their perceived male superiority over women. This attitude of intense uh, suspicion to all accusers, to all women that come forward, relays the message that the means that a man's reputation is worth more than the trauma the accuser has has to face every day and that's wrong that's backwards i guess i guess harbor your own opinions I'll, i always am an advocate for that think for yourself have your own thoughts but um we should respect the women that come forward because so many don't so many don't we should respect them we should give them their due process and we should not cause more trauma. Says, yeah, we should that. not abuse someone who's already been abused, someone who's already going through trauma. I think the uh, culture that we are, uh, the attitude that we're injecting into the culture of victim blaming is toxic and completely our fault as after, um, after, a populace. After as, all the things we talked about today where there are pe victims are second class, you know, like everyone else is considered more important than the victim, that, you know, everyone else can come above and right, like, uh, the victims are the, the smallest part of the problem, and all the shit we're saying. But it, in all seriousness, is the big that that's by far the biggest part of the problem. Women have the right to justice. Women have the right to their body. Women have the right to own re reproductive rights. Hey. Women have the right to um, affordable birth control and comprehensive sexual education. My life is not going to be predicated by my ovulation cycle and neither should yours our government does not say when i have a child that's all the time we have today for this edition of the pipeline i'm your host piper and until next time remember to live presently and be at peace <laughs>